You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. We are sponsored by the Crypto Business Conference. Crypto Business Conference is happening October 9th to the 11th in San Diego, California. And, you know, excited to have, uh, you know, when we think about where this space is, you know, I talk a lot about building trust. I talk about the importance of how do we shrink the distance between ourselves and our audience. And this is something for me that I've been giving keynote talks on for about five plus years. And actually, it goes back further than that, because a lot of it ended up being about live video and the power of live video. And, and for me, when we think about building trust online, uh, there, there is something kind of like a barrier there, right? Because let's face it, for the first 10 plus years of social media, we were doing everything we could to distance the audience from us, right? We were adding filters to our pictures. We were telling people, you know, don't direct message us, sign up for an email list. And then if they sign up for an email list, we're like, go to this landing page. We don't even want to get a phone call with you. And, and we've really created this massive distance between ourselves and our audience and our community. And then, you know, as we look at the Web3 space, we talk a lot about community, a lot about trust, but there is kind of like another variable of uh, being anonymous or, you know, the, the creative side of the house. And, and one of the things that I like to you know, pride myself on is that I got to work with a lot of boring brands, no offense to the boring brands that might be listening, that really struggled to tell their story, to put themselves out there, to really tap into their creativity um, in, in the digital space. And, and hence why we got a lot of you know, very boring Instagram accounts. A lot of people don't follow brands on, on Twitter and such. But when we look at like, how do we shrink the distance? How do we build trust? You know, I like to think of it as two ways, right? We, we let the audience look at us in our, in our digital eyeballs, which will be, you know, using video. And I think live video is that, is that greatest, you know, kind of answer to that. And then we also look at things like how do we get in someone's ear and allow them to kind of paint their own story. And so social audio, clubhouse, Twitter spaces, um, and podcasting, I think are two, are ones that really provide an intimacy at a, at a very deep level. And so I'm excited for our guest today, Danielle, aka NFT Ignition, is joining us. And she does a little bit of everything in this NFT space. So we're going to talk a, a wide range of things, but also a podcaster, frequent on uh, Twitter spaces. So Danielle, thanks so much for, for joining us here on the podcast. Go ahead and introduce yourself, give people a little bit uh, of your background, and then we'll get into this fun conversation. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, so I've been in the NFT space since 2020. And in that amount of time, I have helped launch or co-found um, 29 projects. Um, Family Lady Squad is obviously the most notably um, uh, on that list and the most exciting um, you know, story. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Family Lady Squad was minted exactly one year ago today. If you were listening to this on the 12th, but you'll be listening to this tomorrow. So <laughs> one wow. year ago yesterday. Happy anniversary. 
Yes, thank you. Um, and it was the first, it is the first all-female generative NFT project that ever launched with the first all-female team. At least that's what we were told when the project launched. <laughs> so we did find out about a month later that, in fact, the founding team had no women involved and it was all men. Um, but we were able to, as a community, kind of convince the original team to send us the entire project. So we're running it, me and Ashley or Board Becky, who's been on here before, uh, we've been running it with a team of, of actual women and really used it as a platform to create more educational resources, such as a podcast that are aimed specifically at women. So 29 projects. All right. So, I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> and, and been in the space for a good while. And, you know, I'll just let you know publicly too. I think, you know, your reputation uh, precedes you. I've heard nothing but glowing things for everyone that gets to work with you, gets to collaborate with you and not only welcoming in new people to the space, but, you know, helping some people see the light in the space that maybe they're going down uh, maybe the wrong path or they're going down a path that is kind of polarizing or, or in that kind of uh, thought. And so I'm, I mean, I have to say for the first question, just kind of kick it off. You know, if you've been in this space for a while, worked with a lot of projects, there's been a lot of conversation about this current market, right? And yeah. you know, I'm seeing a lot of tweets now that are like, if you're still here, you're going to make it, right? It's, it's no longer like <laughs> we're all going to make it. It's like, if you're still here right now, how have you seen the space from when you first joined to where we're at now? And what can like what can we kind of take away from that? And what can people kind of wrap their mind about what they're you know kind of sitting in right now in this space? Yeah. So um, in 2020, when I got into the space, it was more of a bear market, and I'm seeing the attitude kind of shift more towards how people were acting in 2020. But that excites me in so many ways because. Back then when an NFT project launched, we weren't looking at hype. We weren't looking at, at it from a, a viewpoint of FOMO. We were looking at the utility and like a lot of times the entertainment value of these projects because it was pretty early on. And that's really what the utility was, was if it was a game, how much fun is it? How engaging is the community? That kind of thing. But you kind of look past the marketing of a project and look at the actual use case and, and entertainment value of the project. And I think that's what we're going to see is a lot of these projects that maybe don't have the best marketing, but have a great community and great project uh, will start to shine a little bit more because the hype factor is gone. But yeah, you know, on that note, like when you think about like the that value proposition of what you know we were kind of playing with early on, you know the you know give us a little you know you have a you you have a podcast, and you know I think one of the first things for me when I was researching this podcast was like okay researching NFT shows, then researching crypto shows, which there are a plenty. Uh, not I, I wouldn't say there's a plenty of great ones. There's a plenty of of crypto uh, a <laughs> podcast, um, and then I was you know blockchain and. You know, the, the context or I guess the piece of, you know, like I started, I gave a keynote in 2015 about blockchain technology. And it was mainly because I was like the token guy to talk about really the boring tech. Like it was like, hey, talk about migrating the data center to the cloud. And I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> like now, now an exciting one is like the blockchain. But for yeah. me, like the blockchain use cases, crypto was one that I looked at that and said, please don't make that the mass adopted use case because it has the financial component. It also had like a little bit of like a sticky realm. And of course we were wrong. That became um, kind of the, you know, not only the first mass adopted use case, but it really, for many people, they associate, you know, crypto and the blockchain and like even, you know, NFTs being, you know, uh, I, I got a message last night, like it was around like midnight from a friend and he's like, are you still playing with those photo cryptos? And I was like, photo cryptos? What? I didn't, I didn't even know what he was talking about. And then, Cute. yeah, I was like, oh, okay. So, 
I, I'm curious, you know, you, your, your show and the conversation, a lot of it is, you know, not only tech um, you know, has a tech component, but you're also kind of the blockchain is a fundamental component in, in your content as well. Can you share a little bit about like why that is and how that approach has gone? Because I think when people think about, you know, is it hard for people to wrap their head around crypto and NFTs? I think for a lot of people, they just stay away from blockchain. And I think we, we know that yeah. you know, blockchain is the secret magic weapon for all of this kind of working. For sure. Well, and one thing we really want to do with our podcast is enable our listeners to find ways to incorporate that into their existing business structures or kind of find ways to break out of what we're doing currently with NFTs and crypto. Um, you know, we're we're in such a bubble of what people are doing with NFTs and, and blockchain and all that. And we really need to find new people who can kind of break us out of that bubble. And that's what we're trying to do. So when you when you bring up blockchain, you know, to, you know, your community and your, you know, even for those that are on the show, how are you like, what are some of the ways that you're able to relate blockchain into like their day to day lives? I think that is the important piece, right? And we know the blockchain ultimately will disappear into the background, just like even cloud computing, right? No one says like, I'm storing yeah. in the cloud these days, right? Oh my like, gosh, like, yes. <laughs> it's like I back it up to Google Drive or I have it on my iPhotos. Like, right. That's all cloud enabled, but we don't yes. even care about that term. How are you right. kind of looking at that terminology and, and, and having people kind of have that conversation? Well, I think that, you know, what you just said is a big part of it and kind of explaining that, especially when it comes to NFTs, people don't ever talk about the technology that they're using. They just talk about what they're doing. And that's the point we're going to get to with NFTs. And that's honestly how we should be looking at them now, but we're just not quite there yet. And um, kind of showing people, that's why we are so early is because we're still at the point where we're talking about the things that we're using and doing. And um, that's a great way to learn about the technology that's going to soon be super in the background and nobody's going to be talking about it. And yeah, for those that are that are listening or watching, um, it is from the blockchain, from the blockchain, uh, and it is uh, the the name of the artist. It says uh, the Fame Lady Squad. So if you see that, you can just search either one of those. We'll put those notes uh, and links to the the podcast um, in the show notes as well. Um, and it's Ashley who uh, was on episode uh, eighty two of the podcast, which is wild to think you're, wow. you're on episode two forty four. <laughs> so. Um, you're you know, doing these quick <laughs> well yeah every day so yeah this is every day since uh november 11th wow. uh which has been wild and we also had uh data nft on the show he was somewhere oh, nice. in like the hundreds um as well so we've uh, been kind of tapping in you know one of the things um and I'm, I'm just really curious to get your you know kind of off the cuff take and uh you know this is you know me throwing it out there but one of the things that i've been really talking about internally as well as some on the podcast is you know, there are a lot of really great projects that the founders right now are being tested. They're being tested on mm-hmm. like their commitment. Um, I feel for some because they kind of just rode the wave of like, you know, in the fall, if you sneezed out an NFT project, it kind of sold out, right? Like there was like this like weird version. And then people looked at it as like, well, if I launch this, I can figure it out as I go. Well, if you're figuring it out as you go and you're not planning your marketing budget or you're not understanding that secondary sales will not always be at, you know, thousands of ETH, uh, you know, uh, in a week, the, the, a lot of people are in a, in a weird state right now from founders. And one of the things I've been trying to wrap my head around is like, rather than us feeling like we have to continue to rebuild new communities and new projects, what does it look like for us to like help even like a founder off board and onboard someone else. And Danielle is someone that's worked on 29 NFTs, but also, you know, fame lady squad. And I've used that as an example here forever because not only was it taken over by the community, but 
you know, the, the many of you that are now kind of leading that project, you didn't, you didn't join the project saying, Hey, this is our NFT project, or we're going to launch this NFT project. It was right. like, Hey, this is something great. And it's being misled or we we've been, we've been sold a fake, uh, fake bill of goods. And then you've kind of had to like kind of embrace it and kind of take it on. I believe there's an opportunity for a lot of our listeners to like their favorite NFT project. Maybe it's not taking it on a hundred percent, but maybe it's taking on like a, a co-founder or a COO role. Can you talk to us a little bit about like, if you had to go back to fame lady squad kind of takeover, um, you know, and, and shout out to Art chick as well. I know she had, uh, you know, a, a big uh, impact on getting the contract back and, and that side of the story. Talk to, talk to us a little bit about like, what are some of the things that we should be thinking about if we are kind of swapping contracts or bringing in new leadership, because I think it should be something that can save a lot of really great communities without us having to kind of rebuild from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. I will say a lot of people have reached out to me since that has happened because they were in the process of doing just that, taking over a project that was left behind by the founders or the founders just don't really know what to do with it. Um, I would say before even taking on the project, the first thing you need to look at is the strength of the community. The reason Fame Lady Squad was worth saving in the first place was because even though it was only a month old, the community was vibrant and very supportive of each other and just something that we couldn't let fall apart. Um, if you don't have that, though, it's it's even harder than starting a new project. You're taking over a failed project that has had zero success and even building a community. So, you know, it's a lot more challenging than people think. And community is the hardest thing to build. You're almost better off starting from scratch at that point, if that's the situation that you're in. Um, but, you know, once you take it over, you need to take into account the community. The first thing we did was um, talk to as many people as we could about where they wanted things to go and what they liked about the project, what they didn't like about the project and kind of get um, everybody's point of view. We reached out to strong women in the community that we had never even heard about the project, but other people just thought it was somebody we should talk to and, you know, got them all involved in as many ways as we could and kind of just networked, right? Which is really important thing to be doing in the space, regardless of what position you're in. So I'm curious too, when, you know, you have a, there's a team of people, right? It's not just one uh, person doing all of the work on Fame Lady Squad. And that is also had grown since that beginning. You know, how does that, how did that look like you know, when, as you guys were coming together? Because I don't believe any of you had done any work together on projects prior to, right? That was completely, you know, how did that, like, what were some of like the, I wouldn't even say growing pains, but what some of the things you learned in that early kind of formation of a, of a new team on the top of a project? Um, I would say the hardest part for us was really not knowing how much money we were going to be getting from royalties, not having any money from the original funds, and not wanting to contribute to the problem where women overly volunteer for things and are unpaid for them in the space. So finding people that wanted to help us on their own without having to offer them anything, it was just a mess from that standpoint. That's not something most people are going to be going through. But if you are in the position where you're taking over a project, which is happening more and more now, I guess, um, you really have to do a lot of it yourself, uh, as much of it as you can, and kind of keep it to the leadership team. Because anytime you ask somebody to do something, in my mind, now you owe them money, right? <laughs> that's how it should be anyways. <laughs> so whether or not that's the agreement you came to, it's how it should be. And it's something you had to figure out. But if you have some sort of a budget, your most important thing should be paying people over anything else. So, I mean, I think, I, I think that's such an important piece too, right. In like the understanding, like what you're willing to commit, what you're willing to sacrifice, um, even how you're going to like kind of build that team. 
I'm curious taking like, you know, taking I think to the 29 projects that you've been involved in, you know, for a lot of people, there's that, I mean, I know for our community, like I initially thought when I started the podcast that everyone's like first aha would go immediately to being a collector or an investor of NFTs. And uh, I quickly noticed at events I was speaking at, people would come up to me and say, I have the greatest idea for the NFT project to launch. And I was like, Oh, you kind of skipped over that whole like that like element that I thought you were going to be like the collector <laughs> investor um, piece of it. So I know for our community, there are a lot of people that like kind of been ramping up over the last four months, and we're excited about. And it could be a small one of one collection, it could be a, a 10k uh, PFP collection. But a lot of them like got like the little bit of the, the sticker shock of like, hold on a second, like not every project's selling out now. We have to have like a business plan. We have to have things that are much more um, kind of lined up. How are you kind of approaching that? Because I know that you, I mean, you're getting you know people that are, hey, help me out with this, or I have this a great idea. How are you helping people see where we're at right now, and maybe some of like the strategic moves they have to be thinking about for a project to be successful? Because this, you know, a year ago, Fame Lady Squad. I mean, that's just so cool that it was a year ago, but uh, definitely not the same environment, the same you know what works, what doesn't yeah. um, in this year. So, how are you approaching that for people that are kind of picking your brain at the moment? Yeah, well, I think the first focus for anyone coming into the space, especially if they want to start a project, is research and learning as much as you possibly can. And in the process, kind of building a name for yourself and a reputation. You have to build that trust. Even if you're just an artist who's coming out and wants to mint some pieces and sell them, nobody's going to buy them if they don't know who you are. Nobody's going to buy them if they don't trust you or think that you're going to be here a month from now. So it's all kind of things that you have to build up to um, you know, people get in the space and they're so worried about investing and where to spend their money. But the only thing they need to be investing is their time. Oh, I like that. I like that. Now, okay. Now, if they need to be investing their time, where should they be investing their time? I think that's a, another step that the people are kind of uh, struggling with. Yeah. Um, I think there's multiple ways to do it, but really spaces are a great way to do it. Discords, telegrams in real life is the best. If you can get yourself to an event, if you can get to NFT NYC, something like that, and just walk around and talk to people. Um, You know, I never go home without a million ideas after a conference. Like you just talk to so many people and you get so motivated and you just get that, like you soak up all the energy from other people. So that's like the greatest way to kind of get yourself in there. But wherever you're at talking to people, that's, that should be your goal. Just spending time listening to people and talking to people. Yeah, that is a, a cool byproduct of Web3 events. I, I don't say this with every type of event, but I've never left a Web3 event to this day, knock on wood, that, that I haven't been like inspired, motivated, and even more confident in the space. Like, and, I, and I think that's a testament to everyone showing up. I mean, I, I mean, I know you were at in New York as well. And, you know, and it's funny that Danielle and I were talking pre-show, you know, we met like real quickly in the first New York before this podcast started. Uh, and then we've been in many of the same parties and same arenas. I think you, you, cause you were at Miami as well. And, uh, and like, I know that we were like in the same, I got to see pictures on Twitter. I'm like, we were both in the same place, but we didn't get a yeah. chance to even connect, which is also <laughs> just the strength of how like these, uh, you know, communities and, and parties and things go. Um, I'm curious too, like from, you know, you're, you know, you have a podcast, you know, active on Twitter spaces. You, you have to be like, like me getting inundated with like requests to promote or shill the podcast or project, or how can you get us on there? How are you guys approaching that? Because I think from, you know, for me, that's a struggle because there are people and projects that I'm like, man, I, I believe in and love what you're doing, but I also know like, it's a tough balance of like knowing which projects to kind of amplify and how all of that goes. How are you guys approaching that yeah. with, you know, both your personal brand as well as uh, from the blockchain? 
Um, we mostly do all outbound when it comes to collabs or projects that we want to work with or any type of promotion or, or whatever. Um, usually the quality of the projects that are just randomly hitting you in the DMs is, is just not even worth your time to really look into mo- most of them. Um, it's projects that where we know the founders or we've worked with them before or built relationships with them over time that we really focus on. It's not worth your reputation to promote a project you don't fully know and trust either by yourself or as you know fame ladies so we kind of err on the side of caution for that you know another question i get a lot i'm just curious from your side as well because i think that's i mean i think i'm the same way right you know like kind of figuring out like you know who do i trust what is the founders and you know my pitch always back is like i don't really interview people on their project i interview the people and their story Mm -hmm. and if your project ends up being part of that that's you know that's the the vehicle as well uh i'm curious you know Twitter spaces were kind of inundated with all kinds of Twitter spaces. And we, we did an episode uh, about, about a week ago on like, if you have a, a small team and you have small resources, like how do you prioritize your time and your focus across different channels? How do you approach like even, you know, the standpoint of like, Hey, I'm going to jump into a Twitter space. Are there certain ones that you, Hey, I have it on my calendar or like, how do you approach the Twitter spaces that you're currently involved in? So I never say no to an invite to a Twitter spaces, no matter who it is. Same with podcasts. I'll go on anybody's podcast. Um, <laughs> but um, in terms of like just joining them randomly, I really, there's no rules. Uh, I just, I'll see something with an interesting title and I'll join. I, I try to join the smaller ones as much as much as possible, just because you do get more of a chance to hear individuals points of view. And it's not just like people hopping up and showing their projects. It's more of a conversation. Um, there are a lot of ones that have one every day or have one once a week or stuff like that, that you can kind of look out for. But um, I just, whenever I see one that's got like 10 people in it, I'm like, perfect. I'm hopping in. Nice. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm very similar in like the, and there's something, there's something cool about being able to amplify that and also, you know, kind of give people, you know, attention that we have that, you know, ability to do so. And, you know, we do, we do Alpha Mondays every Monday, uh, myself, Shira Lazar and Manushka. And, and last night was another, just a, a great example of, you know, we had a, a really uh, amazing room talking to Zen Academy and we talked to uh, the amazing uh, social strategist leaders behind uh, timepieces and cold cats. But we also had some people just pop in that randomly, you know, ended up joining that conversation, which I thought was great. Um, and then of course, for our, our listeners as well, every Tuesday night, uh, 8 PM Eastern time, uh, we do Superpower Hour, which is a Twitter space that uh, I get to host because I, I, you know, doing a daily podcast, I, I started having a little bit of FOMO from, uh, you know, the social audio side. And I was like, I'm not doing clubhouses. I'm not doing uh, Twitter spaces. So we've been doing that now um, a couple of months as well. You know, as you look at like kind of content and education in this space, right, as a podcaster, as a, a content creator, as with all these projects, where do you see like kind of the biggest gap that we can look moving forward? Because I think there's a lot of shows coming on. There's a lot of, I mean, you know, we have everything from TikTok to, you know, a lot of Twitter spaces, but I still feel like there, there seems to be a lot of overlap. What would you look at as like the gap in education and really content as a whole? Oh my gosh. You just asked me like the best question. (laughs) All right. I'll take that as a win. I will say a little background on me is I was a teacher before I got into the space. There's, some gaps in that as well. I will say I was actually a carny for a year. I won't get into that, but um, education is, is always my focus and the viewpoint that I look at everything and man, do we have some gaps? Um, you know, I, I will say it hasn't gotten that much better since I got in the space. You can Google NFT now and actually find a few things, but it's not SEO friendly. It, we don't have 
the different learning styles covered. You know, we don't have one way to teach math. We have books on how to teach math, uh, even as far as addition. Like there's books this big that they give you in school on how to teach kids addition, right? Right. So that's what we need for NFTs. We need all the different learning styles covered. We need all the different personality types covered. We need different mediums. We Until we're at that point where like people can just Google it and find something that's for them, then we're one-on-one teaching people or teaching people through communities at this point. Like people shouldn't have to be part of a community to learn about NFTs, but that right now is kind of the safest way to do that. And that's definitely a challenge. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think if we look at, you know, you know, the education component, you know, we, we know that everyone learns differently, right? We all have different, yeah. you know, different ways of consuming, but we also have different ways of consuming different types of learning, right? Like everything mm-hmm. from like, how do we understand like investment financial advice versus how do we understand like the technology and like setting up a wallet and, and, and right. some of the components that we know need more handholding. And then I, I think you're, you're, you're spot on on, you know, I think the other piece of this that I hope that we get better at as a community is also amplifying the education that exists. Right. I think that is yeah. also, you know, a gap that we have. I've, I've made the commitment. I told everyone that you know, like, I want other podcasters on the show. I want other educators on the show because I mean, not only is this not a competition, but the more of us that are onboarding more people, the more that we kind of rise this whole um, yeah. piece up. How would you look at it as like a, as a teacher and as, you know, like, you know, there not only the SEO side and like some of it, like kind of teaching all the different language, like, you know, program, you know, different, ways of doing it, right we need audio we need video we need written we need a combination right we need almost like a mm-hmm. choose your own adventure piece of that um and i know for you know our listeners i'll kind of preview this now just so that every you know one of the things that i've struggled with was people are like brian we love your podcast but like what episode should i send to my friend to get started i'm like it's a daily show it's a lot like there's a lot <laughs> So we are um, we are rolling out two sister podcasts that will will be playlist version of up to like about 10, 11 episodes. Um, and the first one will be getting started with NFTs. And it'll just be, you know, 11 episodes of, hey, if these are 11 episodes you listen to to get started. And then we have one that's coming like, hey, want to launch your own NFT cre- uh, project? Here's 11 episodes. But, you know, I think the other piece of this that I think is also vital is like, the learning doesn't stop. So I'm curious, how do you look at like that where some people are like, well, Brian, I, I figured out what MetaMask settings were six months ago. And I'm like, well, t- times have changed. We've learned a little bit. We probably <laughs> taught you maybe the wrong way uh, back then. How do you look at like the, the conversation around continual learning inside of this kind of NFT community? Well, I mean, it's kind of, you have to do it to get that continued learning, right? Unless you're on MetaMask every day, unless you're doing these transactions all the time, you're not going to notice that things have changed or that MetaMask has updated its UI and there's new settings and stuff. So it's not just learning, it's then doing. That's important. I couldn't agree more. It's, I, I stress as hard as I can that people should be a, an investor or a collector before they're an NFT project creator, just because oh that yeah. doing is so, so valuable. And, you know, I, I love, you know, Fame Lady Squad was one of the very first, it might've been the first uh, women-led NFT project that I jumped mm-hmm. into. And I believe it, I believe I, I got my first one. We had looked it up on the episode with Ashley. I think it was like maybe August, September, uh, you know, timeframe. And, and I, for me, like, I remember kind of like in that discord being like, oh my goodness, like, that's how they're explaining that. Like it, there were certain things that hadn't hit me um, at the time. And I think that's, you know, an exciting component, right? Like once you start getting that bug, then listening into these communities to see, you know, how do they talk about it? You know, another shout out to um, Jen, who was the 
previously the the community manager at Playboy uh, Rabbitars. Like Jen does a great job of creating really interactive style uh, learning content that is different than everyone else's. She does a lot of like yeah. overlay and you know pointing to um, on screenshots and and has a kind of a different energy. And I think there's such such an important need for us to have those those different um, you know kind of approaches and types. You know. Yeah. As you look at, you know, involved 29 projects, you have the podcast, you know, lots of things going on, of course, like Fame Lady Squad. What are, what are you excited about moving forward as far as like, you know, tech or types of projects or even some things that maybe you're already um, involved in or looking at? Give us a little bit of a, a preview or, or a tease into what you have, what you're excited about moving forward. There's not much about this space that doesn't excite me. <laughs> I'm just excited all the time, to be honest with you. Um, I think just bear season excites me because of you know as i said earlier the hype is gone and now this is the time this is the greatest time for onboarding people and we really are getting a good opportunity to to go get more artists and to go get more whatever we're missing in the space we we've got the time to go find them now and, and to bring them in and um really take the time to teach them about stuff before that hype kicks back in because all it all goes out the window once people have fomo <laughs> that is so true and you know, and I think the other part of that that's kind of nice about this arena is like I had a, you know, actually it was the same friend that messaged me the funny thing about the, you know, the crypto pictures last night. Um, this morning when I messaged him back and he was like, fans are like, you had told me like, you know, that, you know, to come in these projects that, you know, and I had told, I think I had told him like the, the projects he had thrown out. I was like, you're going to need like 0.8 ETH and then like, let's have the conversation. I'll help onboard. And he's like, Brian, like a couple of projects that like I was excited about are now an entry point at like 0.08 ETH instead of point like four. <laughs> And I was like, I know that like the the barrier is, especially if you're coming in with yeah. with fiat, right? Like the fact that you can come in with a thousand dollars now and you have an ETH to play around with versus you know six months ago a thousand dollars coming in, you had point two five ETH to play yeah. around with, and, and half it went to gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, not only was it going to gas, you were lucky. To, like you know, the projects were if you like missed a day, the project jumped in a in a at a price point that you were like, yeah. this is kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah. you know. The, you know, the kind of wrapping our head around, like, you know, a lot of the content, a lot of the conversation, you said you're really excited about the space. Um, what is something that if, if someone's listening to this right now and they're thinking like, okay, I want to do what Danielle's doing, or I want to kind of get into this role of being involved in lots of projects, being, you know, kind of the head of one project, but also creating content. What would be like a, a skill set or a place for people to start or something that for people to wrap their head around if they want to kind of take that next step? Um, I mean, I think creating content is a personality thing. You have to have the type of personality where you're willing to be vulnerable in front of other people. And if not, you're just going to look like a jackass out there. <laughs> um, I think if you have the personality that you're good at it, then you just do it. You just keep doing it until other people start paying attention. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like for me, it's very easy. I, I laugh at myself. I, I also give my team full permission to uh, make memes of me and the words I mess <laughs> up and the the phrases I mess up. Like it's it's funny the amount of projects that I'll I'll like something will be about like the word barrels and I'll call it like completely the wrong like you know it's four hundred <laughs> drums and it's four I called it four hundred <laughs> barrels which I think was one of the mistakes <laughs> I made. Um, but the beauty of it is like as long as you you recognize that perfection is a fairy tale and that no yeah. one is perfect. And anyone who's trying to convey that they're perfect, keep an eye on them because they're probably full of crap in some other ways as well. Because yeah. let's face it, we know they're not perfect. Uh, Danielle, you know, thanks so much for, for jumping on the podcast with me. Uh, excited to have this conversation. Uh, give people any, you know, uh, we'll put the links and stuff for 
uh, make sure they follow you. But is there uh, any you know last words or anything you want to uh, shout out there before we uh, wrap this one? Um, no, I will say um, I'm working, you know, I have nftbasics.com. If nobody's been there, it's down right now because I'm adding to it, but it's going to be up soon. Send all your normie friends to it that don't know even what an NFT is. It'll save you a lot of time to explain things. I love it. Yeah, we'll include that uh, that link in the in the show notes as well. And, you know, and for those listening too, like I think the beauty of this space is that you know we were kind of joking in the sense like if you're still here, you're going to make it. But if you're still figuring out like where your role is, the good news is we are all still figuring that out. Like yeah. you know, as much as we've been in this space for a long while, we're now like okay, well now this is adapting or now this is the new use case. Like where can mm-hmm. we use our skill set? And I will argue that there are a ton of skills and a ton of people that we need in this space more so than us that are already here, right? We need the people that have backgrounds from elementary education to secondary to college education. We need, Oh, we need organized people. Cause a lot of us are like neurodivergent. (laughs) We need the organized people. We need the patient people for like mods, the community managers. Yes. Yes. I I would say of of all of the things that are lacking in this space, I think patients would probably be (laughs) at the top of that list. Um, And I will tell you like, I mean, Allison on uh, my team, shout out to, to Delphi cat. You know, she brought her on, you know, she runs and organizes my world for my my brand and many people know her through our our discord and and twitter but not only does she help like you know organize and program things but she is is wicked smart at kind of like cutting through some of the noise and being like brian your adhd is going to get off of this so you need to answer this question and this question and not only is it needed but for anyone that's looked at my my content the emails that you've got back even for our guests on the podcast like you know i feel bad for you know you can you can go back and talk to ashley uh, you know, and, and say like, how did it go getting on the podcast? Because it was just me engaging with oh. Ashley back in episode 82 and Allison has come in and helped me kind of, you know, make sure that a lot of the processes, a lot of the procedures um, make a lot of sense. And, you know, and the last thing I w- I'll, I'll kind of throw out there as we wrap this episode, you know, the concept of personal branding, I never liked the phrase around personal branding, but I've been talking about it for years because I do believe there's nobody better to tell your story than yourself. And I also believe yeah that for us to grow in this space, like if you want to launch a creator coin or an NFT project, or you even want to, you want to help expand an NFT project, you have to get comfortable mm-hmm. telling your story. Like I love Daniel, yes. you said, like you say yes to all Twitter spaces and podcast episodes. Part of that is you get used to telling your story and answering yeah. questions. Like we are not all like kind of programmed to this. And last night we got a couple of comments in our Twitter space and someone's like, how do you and, and Shira and Manushka, like you guys play off each other and do all these things like perfectly well, like how much planning goes involved? And I'm like, not a lot of planning, but we started this January and we've done yeah. it every Monday since. And so mm-hmm. you're coming in seven months into a, you know, a <laughs> weekly show where that repetition's there. We know how to intro each other. We know how to toss each other, you know, different conversations. And so, um, you know, I think that is like the beauty of it. And I think also as you in this space, because transparency is so vital, you know, what you do, your actions do matter. And, and, you know, I said, Danielle, at the beginning, you know, your reputation precedes you on multiple cases. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see when I, when I get to hear through all different kinds of channels of people that people look up to or people that have helped them or people that are onboarding them. And that's through actions and showing up and telling their story. So Danielle, thanks so much for 
jumping on the podcast and and for everyone that's out there you know i have three dams it's my it's my damn cube it's you know raise your damn hand when you get the opportunity it is press the damn button and put your story <laughs> out there there is no time better to tell your story than right 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 now and then of course the third one is do your own damn research and a big shout out to our sponsor if you're looking for an event where not only do presenters stick around but an event that is focused on making connections, sharing stories. And, you know, I've been very blessed. I've been going to social media marketing world uh, since year one. I went as an attendee and then as a speaker. And every year I always say, like, the feeling I get is when I open my arms and I say, these are my people. And that's the event that the that is being created with the Crypto Business Conference. And so I hope you'll check it out at socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. Excited to be a part of that event as a media partner. Excited to have them sponsoring the podcast and exciting to take the stage there in San Diego. So if you want to see me on stage, it's a great opportunity to do so. I hope you'll check it out. Cheers.